and all of you that make up this great gospel train. Isn't it good to be here? Thank you, praise team. Amen. I brought my favorite amen with me today. She is the sugar in my coffee. She's my baby's mama. My queen of 31 years. My girlfriend. Come on, stand up, baby. Let them see how fine you are. This is Sister Sharon Wilson. And we are back in Chicagoland after 20 years. We were here in 2000 doing some graduate work at Wheaton College. And I was served over there for about four years. And then I went down south to Birmingham, planted a church, worked at a university for a couple of years, and then went out to California, served another university, and planted some churches. And then about 13 years later, Wheaton College called us back home. So we've been in Chicago one week. And the Lord's been good, so I'm serving now as the seventh chaplain of Wheaton College, the first African-American chaplain. Zion Hill is my home church, it's my mother church, but I'm falling in love with Trinity, amen. I had to sneak away a few Sundays and come see what y'all got going on in here. Praying for you and your search to Trinity, be encouraged, amen. Be encouraged. There is a word for us today. If you'll open your Bibles with me to the book of 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. And if it is the tradition of the house, would you stand in honor of God's holy word? If you can. If you can. 2 Kings chapter 4. And when you got it, say, I got it, brethren. If you don't say, hold on, Doc. All right. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets, she cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slave. Uh So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. And then he said, well, go, daughter. Borrow vessels from everywhere and from all your neighbors, empty vessels. And do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. And then pour it into all those vessels. And set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons. Who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, mama, there isn't another vessel. So the oil ceased. And then she came and told the man of God and he said, now go sell the oil and pay your debt. And you and your sons live 
on the rest. Amen. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Look at somebody good looking. They got to be good looking, all right? Look, look at them and say, Neighbor. neighbor. Oh, neighbor. Oh, neighbor. This, morning, this morning, Dr. Wilson wants to talk to you about a more than enough God. Amen. He's a more than enough God. I got a question for you, Trinity. Have you ever been in a situation where it looked like you weren't going to make it? Amen. Have you ever been in a situation where it looked like this just might be the end? Well, if you have, I stopped by to remind you today that I don't ma uh, no matter what size your problem is, God is a God who can show up in your case. In our text today, one of the associate preachers who belonged to Elisha's school of the prophets has died. And he left his queen and his sons without any financial assistance. And as a result, the lady of the house now finds herself an insurmountable, devastating, and unchanging circumstances. And it's on the backdrop of that story that I want to preach to you today. I got three things I'm going to pull out of this text real quick. If y'all give me 15 good Baptist minutes, I'll be on my way. I'm going to talk about the sister's problem, the sister's provision, and the sister's prosperity. And I'll unpack it as we go. In verse number one, the Bible says she was a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets. And she cried out to Elisha saying, your servant, my husband, is dead. Yeah. And you know that your servant, he feared the Lord. And now the creditors have come to take my only two sons to be their slaves. Beloved, when we come to this first portion of the first, the first thing we see is that the widow approaches the preacher and reminds him of who her husband was. She proclaims, you know my man. And you know the legacy that he left. He feared God. Did you catch that? She said, this man that was your son in the ministry took your advice, followed you, feared the Lord, kept the legacy of the work, and now he is gone. I like that right there because if you let me just park for a moment, she says a lot about her husband in that one verse. She said he feared the Lord, which can be interpreted he walked with God. He followed God. He led his home in the godly way. But in all of that, he's gone. Yeah. And he's gone and now the creditors yeah. that he owed money to yeah. has come to take his only two sons yeah. into slavery. Yeah. I know what you're saying right there. Is that lawful? Yeah, back then it was. <laughs> According to the law of Moses, yeah. if you owed somebody money and you died, your family had to pay the debt. And if your family didn't pay the debt, if you had sons, they were now forced to come work 
for the one you owed until the debt was paid. Can I turn the light on right here? This is sad, but I learned something in this text. I learned that when the trials of life come, they always come big. Ain't no such thing as a little trial. Can I get an amen right through that? First of all, her husband's dead, and now her babies are going to be taken into slavery. Here it is, Trinity. Life's trials can bring us heartache, worry, doubt, fear, anxiety. And all of these bring what I call cousins with them. Physical, emotional, and mental stress. Can I get a witness right there? However, I said however, if you just hold on, the God who provides will always send instructions on how to get through life's trials and tribulations. Is there anybody here today? That knows God will show up with a word. Is there anybody here that knows God will always turn the light on when his children need instruction? Am I right, Dee? Is there anybody here ever been in a fix and needed for God to show up and tell you what to do? Then you can relate to this sister today and she's going to teach us how to do that. We've looked at the sister's problem. Let me show you now the sister's provision. The Bible says in verse number two that Elisha, when he hears her story, uh, Sister Laws, he says, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? She said, your servant has nothing, Sister Thomas, except a little oil. And Elisha said, well, go around all your neighbors, get some empty jars, right? And then go inside of your house, shut the door, and pour out the oil into those vessels. Can I unpack that for you? When we come to the second portion of the narrative, we see in this verse that God sent the woman to the preacher. Uh, I just dropped something right there. She ought to have access to her pastor. When life ain't treating her right. I just might preach in here today. In her desperation, she believes that Reverend has an answer for me in the midst of my solution. When I look at this verse, there are, I say there, there is some value. That's the word I'm looking for. With a pastor-member relationship. The pastor don't always have the resources, but he ought to always have a word. Yeah, yeah, and she came believing that the man of God had a word for the crisis in which she was in. Can I say some more? Here's what I learned right here. God, yes, wants to use Elisha to help this sister. He wants to use the man of God to give you divine instructions on how to get out of life-threatening situations. Listen to what Elijah says to her as she lays out the problem. Elijah says, what do you have in the house? What a question. In other words, I know he's gone, but what did he leave you? Well, what, what did he leave in your possession? What has God given you, yes, that you might have overlooked in the house? 
What do you have that can be of some use for you now that your man is gone? And I believe, my brothers and sisters, that everybody has a little something that they can use in the midst of their tribulation. I said this way, God blesses everybody with something. And even in their poverty, you always have something that God can use. I'm hunting for a witness right there. It may not be much. It may not be expensive. It may not be valuable. May not be cherished. May not be priceless, gold, silver, or bronze. But whatever you have in your possession, God wants to use it for his honor and his glory. Second thing I notice in the passage is he tells the woman to do something strange. He says, now go and borrow some jars, some vessels from all your neighbors. Now notice, this wasn't logical. But what did jars have to do with her financial situation? Well, here we see that God is getting ready to take her insufficient resource and use it for his honor and glory. Y'all with me today? God is going to use the thing her husband left so that she might get to see God like she never seen him before. I'm waiting for y'all to come on to Here's what I learned in this text. Whenever the child of God is in trouble, God will always do, ask you to do things that are not logical. God don't operate in logic. He operates in the supernatural realm. So if it seems strange when you get the news, it's probably God. If it's logical, it probably didn't come from him. Can I say some more? He instructs her in this manner. Why? Because he wants her to trust him for the answer. Secondly, he wants her to walk by faith and not by sight. Elisha knew that God could provide. Elisha knew that God could take a little and multiply it into a lot. But Elijah had to get the woman to trust the word of the Lord. Notice, he had the biblical authority to do the miracle for her. But if he did it for her, she would never get to know how God works. <laughs> did y'all catch that? A friend of my library said, why did he use oil, Wilson? Well, he used oil because oil was a rare commodity in that time. Yeah. See, yeah. oil was used for everything. Yeah. Young folks, they used oil to cook meat, oil to anoint kings, oil to burn the lamps, oil for medicinal purposes, oil for grooming, oil for their incense, oil for the mixing of their sacrifices, oil to heal their wounds, oil, oil, oil. It was a rare commodity and everybody used it for everything. It was valuable and almost impossible to live with or to live without, rather. I noticed the third thing in this thing, in this passage is, Elisha gives her instructions on what to do with what she has. 
Don't read it too fast. He said, go around, ask your neighbors. Can you borrow some extra jars? Now notice this. Here we see that the little that she has is more than she thinks it is. See, the prophet can use what she has to increase what she don't have. She's to go borrow jars, expect you to use what little she has to increase something that she really needs. Uh, this challenge pulls her from what I call, uh, Reverend Laws, the realm of doubt into the galaxy of faith. If she's going to see God move, she got to trust God like she trusted in her husband. If she's going to encounter God in the midst of a trial, she's going to have to walk by faith and obey even when she can't see him. Here it is. She kind of tried God even when she can't trust him. Are you all in here? If she wants to keep her sons from going into slavery, she's got to trust the plan of God and, and trust the command of God. To come through for her in one of the darkest nights of her soul. I'm trying to get off the jar, but it's got me. Can I stay here just a little? These jars would be a reflection of her faith. See, as many as she could gather, she was to fill. If she only gathered a few, then her faith would only be little. But according to how many she gathered, it would dictate to how large her faith was. By faith, she would have to go out and gather. By faith, she didn't have to get the jars and go in her house and close the door. By faith, she would have to go out and bring her children in so they could see God work behind closed doors. By faith, she would have to pour out what was not there. But by faith, she would have to take God at his word. I feel like doing it today. And trust him in this situation. The man of God told her, after you get the jars, go in that house, close the doors. And then you work it out with God. (laughs) I like verse 5. The Bible says that she left the man of God, got the jars, shut the door behind her and her sons. And they brought the jars to her. And she kept pouring Notice this. Here we discover that what she's asked to do is to work in private. She's asked to believe in public but work it out in private. She has to model for the community that everything is going to be alright. Sister just need a few little jobs. Are you with me here? But behind closed doors with her sons, she's got to teach them to trust God for what you can't see. (laughs) All right, all right, I know I'm at Trinity. Y'all ain't impressed, so let me give you some more. No spectators are allowed to enter her laboratory of faith. No doubters have access into the place. Where God is trying to strengthen her faith. Come on, help me, Trinity. 
no one who doesn't feel what she's going through or understand the pressures she's under is invited to come to the faith part. This is between her and God. I wrote a little list. Can I impress y'all with it? One jar would mean if he filled it up, he's a more than enough God. Two jars would mean he's got more to give. Three jars would mean you can trust his word. Four jars would mean he ain't through with me yet. Five jars would mean he's looking out for my needs. Six jars would mean if I got room, he's got more. Seven jars would mean that his power is beyond my control. Eight jars would mean that I'm gaining confidence in who he is and what is to come. Nine jars would mean the blessing he gives to me, I won't have room enough to receive. Ten jars would mean he's just getting started and my faith has to grow to contain the blessings that he wants to give me. I don't know, I wouldn't never, I want to holler, poor girl, poor. <laughs> Let me get out of here. Y'all making me act up out there. But I want you to know something. The oil, the, the oil is a picture of faith. Faith in the life of the believer. Faith is valuable. You need it for every area of your life. Hold on to your faith. Trinity, don't you give up. Don't you get in. You sit up tall. Throw your head back. Get your praise out. And believe that God is still God. Y'all trying to make me preach in here. Let me get on down the road. We've looked at the woman's problem. We've looked at the woman's provision. Let me show you now the woman's prosperity. The Bible says when all the jars were full, <laughs> she said to her son, boy, bring me another jar. He said, mama, there ain't no more. There's not a jar left. Then she went and talked to the man of God. He said, now sell what you got. And you and your sons live off the rest. Well, I want to thank you, Trinity, for giving me a few Baptist minutes. I see some of y'all keeping time, so let me keep my word. After the miracle, she ran to give the report to the preacher about what God could do. And as a result of experiencing God in the sanctum of her own home, she was able to come back to the preacher and give him a good report. And I'm so glad today that the Bible gives me an opportunity to testify. Yes, God still works by faith. I wish I had a witness right there. Faith don't make God do nothing. But God moves when he sees it all displayed. And I'm so glad today that God still moves when he sees our faith. I brought a few witnesses with me to testify on today. Because of faith, Abel believed God 
and offered a better sacrifice than Cain. Because of faith, Enoch was translated and he shouldn't see death and he pleased God. Because of faith, Noah built an ark to save his family from sin. Because of faith, Abraham became the father of many nations. Because of faith, Sarah had a baby when they said it was impossible. Because of faith, the woman with an issue was made whole. Because of faith, a centurion soldier serving God healed. Because of faith, blind men see their sight. And because of faith, the demon possessed got made whole. Because of faith, God steals saves humanity. I heard, I heard that you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God saved Jesus, raised him from the dead. You shall, you shall, you shall be saved. I'm closing out, but I'm so Thank you. 